It's in Zion, Illinois. They use one of the old facilities from uh, Dowie's ministry. And their website is zionrevival.org. Write that down because after today's service, you're going to want to write him a note and tell him all that God did in your life. Zion, Z-I-O-N, Revival, R-I-V-I-V-A-L, zionrevival.org. If you missed it, I'll leave this up here. His church is growing and exploding, doing wonderful things. His family is full of musicians and worship leaders and praise leaders. And when Brandon came... Uh, his son was the drummer, or grandson was the drummer, and his daughter was the singer. So I'm going to ask that, Robert, you move up a little bit. Adolfo, come take this seat in the front row, and let's just stand to our feet and welcome Pastor Benny Ramos. <laughs> welcome to SUM Chapel, my brother. Please take your liberty. Amen. Please be seated. Speaking in the lapel mic, you know. I like to swing my hands. And, you know, I don't know. They said the Italians and Hispanic folks, you know, they talk with their hands. Uh, yeah, they're all right. I hope I don't, you know, run. Because I'm, my preaching, you know, how, when I preach, I get excited. I like to walk. And so, but today is more in the area of teaching. Huh? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Thank you, Pastor Joe and your wonderful wife, Nancy. Uh, why Rostick, right? Why Rostick? Now, where your background, your family is from? Yeah, I thought. I, uh-huh. Wow, Greek. Well, maybe we'll have some questions about the Bible in Greek. You know, the language of Greek. <laughs> yeah, anymore, right? Well, God bless you. We came, uh, I don't know, about a month ago uh, with with Brandon. How many know Brandon? Let's give a, a clap praise to the Lord for Brandon. He's some talent, isn't he? Yeah, that young man, and he has some talent. We, I remember that. Uh, I met his father at a at a meeting of pastors, and uh, we talked about. He said he had a, a son who had a lot of talent, uh, who played the, the, the saxophone. Let me drink some water. Hmm. Um, yesterday, I got pray for me because I was preaching, and uh, I got a tremendous pain in my back. You know, not, it's not now, but I'm thinking, God help me, because never, that never happened to me before. Just a pain, and I don't know, it was kind of a touch of a bug of the flu or something. But I was holding to the pulpit like that in time. You know, it's kind of to rest it, but I still went out and, and preached. And uh, my wife said, I thought you wanted to go to the bathroom. You know, <laughs> and I said, no, I was in pain. So, so just pray for me, and, and uh, it's uh, I don't I don't know what it is. I'm uh, uh, I'm going to be 61 years old, folks. 60 that's young, <laughs> or or 61 years young. <laughs> and so, I have a son who is a. Uh, uh, 40 years old. He's almost. He's the father of the drummer that came the other day. How many were here when they, when they played? And so, I just want to say to you that it's a blessing because God, when He says something to you, He will meet it and He will bring it to pass. If it's God telling you that, okay, you're in Bible school now, but how many said I have a vision and God has spoken to me? You know how many? Uh, uh, 
maybe we can hear a little bit from you. Maybe I can just kind of, can I open it, Pastor, and say, man, what, what, do you, what kind of call do you feel? Because I know you're in school for something, right? And then we'll get back to Brandon. We'll get back, and I just feel may I, maybe to get something from you because uh, in the book of Habakkuk, he said it's about a vision. And even though it tarries, you should wait for it, right? So some of you feel a call in your life. I just want to kind of challenge you because just to tell you a little bit, I'm going to start with my testimony a little bit, how my calling happened, how long I've been serving the Lord. But I want to share some of the scriptures with you as well about the Jordan River. And it's probably very interesting to you at Bible school students. But uh, what do you feel a call in your life? What do you feel to do? And say, maybe you're not. Say, well, I don't know. I'm just waiting. How about you, Mission work. Mission work in Latin America. You speak Spanish? Si, habla español. Habla español, okay. And uh, how about, well, we know the pastor's wife. and the <laughs> They have a call here, and they're doing the work of the Lord. You know, they, a tremendous call, tremendous work they're doing here. Uh, Metro uh, uh, Praise, right? Metro Praise, Chicago. So, uh, and how about you? I was talking to you, Heriberto, right? I thought it was Heriberto. I had to go to... Adolfo to say, hey, uh, what about Heriberto? Heriberto. Heriberto, what do you feel in your life? I know we talked a little bit. Do you think that sometimes, from time to time, after you've been called to something, that God could change direction? Could change the direction? I mean, sometimes it takes years or whatever, but then... You, you know, you get a, a vision, a direction, yeah, and it grows. The word grows. Uh, how about you, Adolfo? Call to you. Good. <laughs> you don't know nowhere, you know. How about you back there? You, yes. Now, does your pastor know, kind of get a, a testimony, the pastor and his wife, you know, the pastors, that, that you have a call in the direction like that? Do they kind of confirm it? Do they see it? Uh, or, or do you kind of say, well, I don't care if they see it or not. You know, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> hmm? All right. That's very, very good. Very good. <laughs> because it's better to be a sent rather than a went. And I talked to Alberto about that. Many, there's many people who are wents. You know, they say, God called me. Nobody has to, uh, you know, to tell me anything. I don't have to listen to anybody, only the Lord. But I can tell you, folks, as a pastor for 20 years and as a leader for more than 30 years, that, that it's a confirmation to your pastors. It is. He will know it. If you go up to him and say, look, I, I want to go into the pastor. You get a, you know, a burning desire to go and he said, he knows the call that you have in your life. They know the call that you have in your life. But they say, look, it, it, you know, they don't want to break your heart, but they know it's not the time. You know, they can see, they can, they can hear, they can sense, they can discern. You know, and they, they know if you go, you're going to get hurt. And sometimes a person, even they, they go, they don't pay attention later. You know, they stumble. They have to come back to the boat with Jesus. You know, they sink. They, they, you don't sink. It, it says the Bible says he began to sink. So I don't know, ankle. Yeah, I don't know. It's just begin, right? So, so he didn't sink the whole way. But he said, oh, Lord, you know, uh, help me, right? And then the Lord said, you have little faith. Pulled him up and walked with him back to where? 
to the boat, to the church. <laughs> Sometimes they bring you back, you know, re-instructed to send you out again. So, and how about, how about you? To Europe. Wow, as a missionary too, maybe preach. Or, so what part of Europe? Macedonia. What do they speak in Macedonia? The Greek, right? Macedonian? Wasn't uh, Philip, Philip the Alexander the Great's father? Philippi, you know, from Macedonian. They speak what? They speak Macedonian, not Greek. Oh, all right. You speak Macedonian? But not yet. Wow. <laughs> Give the Lord a clap, praise. Or, and how, many, how many of you, again, have say, because you're coming to Bible school, man, they just say, I, I know God has something for me. Let me see your hands. It has to be all of you, right? All of us. All of us. Okay, Brandon, you know, Going, going back to Brandon, when I met his father in a, in, a, in a meeting of the pastors, he told me about his son who, who had talent and so forth. And I said, look, my, my son knows Israel. Because first of all, I said, look, what, uh, what, uh, what kind of music does he play? He said, well, you know, have you heard Israel Houghton? How many have heard of Israel Houghton? And so I said, well, he's a friend of my son. You know, my son is a friend of Israel. Uh, and uh, my son used to play with Israel, when he came to the Chicago area, I think maybe Brandon told you that. And then, then you know, he used, they used to play for the Bears, the Chicago Bears, the Christian Chicago Bears. On Monday, they would get together in Gurney, Illinois, at the Holiday Inn. They would bring their wives and their families, Christian, the ones that play in the, in the Bears. And then they would try to minister to other Chicago Bears that weren't Christians to bring them over. And so they would minister to them there. Israel would fly with Aaron, the... Uh, the keyboard player, he was very, he's phenomenal. He was something out there, man. And so he, he would fly, they would fly, and then he would call Benny. My son said, look, Benny, can you get the musicians ready? Because they couldn't fly with all the musicians, too expensive. So the two of them would come to do ministering, the, uh, you know, music, and then in the word as well. Or they would bring a preacher. And so they would, my son would get, uh, he would play the bass, you know, he would get the drummer, Quentin Lozano from Racine, which actually we met Qu- uh, uh, Israel through him. And so he w- they would come and do music for the bears. Isn't that great to do something ministry like that? Give the Lord a clap. Praise. Now, the, the, so he got to meet Israel like that through Quentin and then uh, uh, meet some of the bears and, and play. And he never recorded with Israel. But Israel would come into the area. He would call my son, bring your guitar or bring your bass. He would sit in, in the bass and the drums. So they were real good friends for a long time. Before, the Israel was a very famous Israel that he's now. He's very famous now, isn't he? He's, he's, some, he's something else. But then I, I, a, his father got all excited and said, well, I want Brandon to meet Benny. And so he met Benny. Then he would come to our church and sing Brandon, and we loved him. And he's a great singer, man. He's met Israel's brother, right? He knows Israel also real good. So they've, they've met through there. So it's really great. And we're, we're so glad that, that you are doing something for the Lord, that we came here, and I, we've met you, met your pastor, and... Uh, and the vision that God has put in all of our hearts together to do, preach the gospel as individuals, if it's of the Lord, young folks, he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. We are testimonies about that. When I was young in the Lord, God gave me visions, gave me direction, and uh, there were prayers that went over us, prophecies, to the point that I got to the point where prophecies would be given to us, and I would go like, oh, no, I'm not another one. And when is it going to happen, you know? Years and years. I mean, I, the, when God broke through really for us in victory, in missions and all that, it took for us to be in the ministry for about 
18 years, 18 or 17 years. So altogether, when God started giving the visions and all that, uh, I don't know, 20-something years. But what he said he would do, he has done. He has done, folks. So some are fulfilled as, they go, as you go along, progressively, as you go along. And some, you know, and, and then we'll finally, totally, all of them will be fulfilled in your life. All you have to do is cling to the promises of the Lord and what he has said. And he will confirm it, folks. He will confirm it. Now, when it's a light, you know, kind of a, just a dream, and it's not a real deep thing, a, not a big change, he will confirm it somehow or another, and, and he will give peace. And people will see it in you. No, normally, people see your gifts and your, and your uh, callings in you more than you see them yourself. They say, you have wisdom. You know, they might say that. Man, you, you, some, they had a situation. You spoke the words of the Lord, and it settled all arguments. And then, you know, people say, man, you, you, that was wise. And then they'll talk to you and say, you have wisdom. So, you know, you've got this wisdom that God wants to use you in the kingdom of God. So God, people will see it in you. They will see this in you. When, you need, when it's a, 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 a serious change, folks, like going to Europe, <laughs> to Macedonia, going somewhere, that, this takes a big step, folks, right? And it has to be confirmed. But sometimes you need a deep confirmation, deep, not just, you know, a bird flew over you know, an omen. I saw, I saw a dog running down. And that must have been the Lord. You know. <laughs> you know, it's nothing like that. You need almost like Elizabeth in, in Mary's confirmation. When she was told she would have the Savior, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a son in her old age, remember? She got ready, hurried off. She enters the house and greets Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Wow, the power of the Holy Spirit hits Elizabeth. She, oh, she said, hi, Elizabeth, right? But she wanted to check it out because she was told that Elizabeth that he was, was pregnant in her old age, right? And I said, how can this be? But then she goes and she sees her pregnant because she's been pregnant probably for about six months, right? Because in the sixth month, you know, and so about six months, she sees her pregnant. There's a confirmation. The angel of the Lord spoke to her. And when she says, greetings, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, says when as soon as she heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. Probably the fullness of the Holy He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist. Probably when Mary spoke, the power from the Savior, the anointing, came out of her mouth and hit her ears and, wow, hit the baby inside of her. Wow. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that powerful? And then, and then, and then, and then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost before Pentecost. Now that will blow you away. And, and even remember uh, uh, John, uh, John's father, Zechariah, also said was filled with the Holy Spirit. Even before Pentecost. Now that, that is kind of, sometimes you try to explain that. <laughs> I thought that the Holy Spirit, you know, up come, they were filled even before Pentecost. And then she, she starts a tremendous thing. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. Remember? And speaking this tremendous words to Mary and Mary, wow, I'm carrying the Savior. Everything. You see, that was deep. She needed, because she's saying, you're, the angel Gabriel said to her, you're pregnant, right? But said, but I'm a virgin. How can this be? And then she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you have said. And then the angel said, Elizabeth, you know, is pregnant. Almost like telling her, 
you know, you want a deep confirmation, go to Elizabeth. You know, I would really have liked to be there to hear them speak of what they talked for three months. Because she stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Remember? So this older woman, pregnant, she, her and her husband were upright and devout in the sight of God. They knew the scriptures. They knew the ways of the Lord. And then you have this young woman with a Savior. What do you think they talked for three months? Wow. Man, it would have been <laughs> a recorder or notes about the spiritual depth that they talked. It would have been great too. So I just wanted to share with you that with you in the beginning to encourage you that if God has said something to you, naturally your pastors will know. Oh, please, I, I, I encourage you folks that you always would be prayerful and always talk to your leaders because your pastors should know. God gives confirmation. You know, they're like fathers to many, many, you know, you, you have had 10,000 teachers but very few fathers, Paul said. And the pastors are like fathers. You know, the pastors, good pastors will never do anything intentionally to hurt you. Never, never. Just like the parents that love you, would they have your future success in mind. And that's discipleship, through discipline, right? And so, you know, discipleship through discipline. Parents disciplines us. But, you know, even if father was wrong, made mistakes in a few times, I didn't tell my father, well, you, go, you, you messed up, Dad. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. You know, my dad loved me, and he would mess up sometimes, you know. He was hit us the wrong way, but we had it coming. I think we got away with a lot, you know. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with you and encourage you because it has happened in our lives. Our grandkids, my son, our daughters, they are musicians. They're, you know, very kind of top-of-the-line musicians. Uh, God has really trained them. They're very well educated in music in the area that they really, you know, know what they're doing. And uh, God is fulfilling in my son. He's gone to uh, by Russia over in Estonia. How many have heard of the country of Estonia? Never? Never? How many? Hmm. And then uh, he's been to Guatemala several times, about three or four times. They want him to come back. They want the group with Sonia Concept to go back, you know, to go to Guatemala. And then, uh, and then we have the Zion Revival Church Praise Team, who we've won music two years in a row in the parade in Zion, Illinois, which is the, the Labor Day biggest parade in the state of Illinois. It's about 20,000 people come out there. And we didn't enter it to win music, but it was just playing. You know, one year they said, you won? you won the number one music in the parade. Really? Wow. We were all excited. <laughs> and then we won it again this year, even though, you know, we just, we're, we do that so people could know that we are there. You know, we are there and we're ministering. We, we invite them to come to church. We preach the gospel. We got our tracks and all that. So what I'm saying to you is that all the promises God gave us when we were young, and as being as missionaries, we have about 35 pastors in Mexico. And we had one time we were doing so many projects in Mexico, building churches from the ground up. Some churches in the little villages are about, some cost us more than $20,000. But can you imagine in the little villages, something like that, $20,000? There are big churches. And we had about nine projects one year that my wife and I had to go about 14 times back there. And, and I got to a point at one time and said, God, I think people just said this to make us feel good. It seemed like nothing was going to happen. The vision was almost dead. But there was still a little light, folks. 
And I never gave up. I said, God, if you do, but it's almost like maybe just people wanted to make us feel good. And it wasn't. It was of the Lord. Suddenly, it, it blew open that in uh, about two years, we, we, we were helped with about more than a quarter of a million dollars to help Mexico. And so, and that's only investment in the uh, work, the building themselves, about all the costs of going back and forth and spending. That's besides that. So God is good. He will bring it to pass. How many say, I claim that, Pastor? I claim that. I claim that. And how many say, I'm going to check it with our pastors? When the calling. The calling when I'm sent. I want to be a sent. Say, I want to be a sent. Not a went. <laughs> yes, yeah, sent and went. There too. All right. Now we're uh, just, I want to encourage you with that. And thank you to your pastors, Pastor Joe. Thank you, Pastor, very much. And Nancy, your wife. And you have a child? And how long you been married? Five years. Well, you're, you're newlyweds. You know, and uh, I've been married, uh, how many? 43 years. 43. So, man, I, maybe you should have asked someone younger to come and speak to you. <laughs> I was looking at it. I said, Lord, Lord, they're young, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, praise God. And... Uh, I want to share something with you. If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, uh, chapter 1 and verse 9. And I want to speak to you about the Jordan, folks. How many know the definition of the word Jordan? I mean, you're Bible school students, right? You should have been in the net looking it up. And oh, Jordan is very important. How many know what Jerusalem, the definition of uh, Jerusalem means? Peace, city of peace, right, city of peace. How many have heard the word shalom? means peace, right, in Hebrew. Uh, and then how many have heard uh, the word Salem? Salem, what does Salem mean? Yeah, shalom. Salem, shalom, 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 shalom. <laughs> you know, it means shalom, you know, Salem. They used to have a cigarette. You don't remember that. When I was young, called Salem. I said, I don't know. I didn't know it was peace then, but I don't know. I don't know. Cigarettes give you peace. <laughs> but then uh, we have meanings of names. Your name has a meaning, right? Eriberto, uh, what's your, what is it, what, what does it mean? It's an, yeah, the definition of your name. Okay, all right. What is your name, younger? Griselda, what, do you know your name, Griselda? Maiden warrior. Wow. Wow. Man. <laughs> and does, who, who else knows the definition of their name? Do you know the, who knows the definition? Okay, what's your definition? What's your name and your, the definition? Butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> wow, that's great. And who else? Is that there? Yes. Brother Adolfes. Greek brother, brother. Does it go back to Adolfo? No, no, somehow. Okay. Anyway, it's Greek, right? It's Greek. And who else had? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So when the Lord, when God said, this is my beloved son, he was saying, this is my David. But it was in the Greek, you know, but actually he was referring back to the Hebrew. You know, that has a meaning, tremendous, tremendous. This is my, my beloved means this is my David, you know. You know, with him I am well pleased. That's why Jesus, when he says, David will sit on the throne and he will rule. How can David rule forever? Jesus, you know. And then who, who else? Yes, Nancy? 
and it's Greek. Nancy is Greek. Wow, I didn't know Nancy was Greek, and I was telling you that the first one that our firstborn, and we lost her 16 hours after she was born. Uh, she was. We named her Nancy. <laughs> Anybody else back there? Who, who else knows? The, yes. Oh yeah, red. Men's clay, right? Clay, clay, red. Dust. It really goes to red. You know, clay. And then in men's mankind, right? The leader of mankind. So I'm the leader. <laughs> the number one. Anybody else knows the definition of their name? Yes. Yeah, Eliezer. Eliezer. That's a Hebrew name, right? My God is my helper. Anybody else knows the name? Yes. Oh, Jehovah's my salvation. Jehovah saves, right? Jesus in Greek. And Joshua. Yeshua. Yeshua Hamashiach, right? Joshua means Joshua. Yeshua. Josue in Spanish. Josue. And anybody else? You don't know your definition of your name? What's your name? Nelly, Nelly. <laughs> Nelly. We're trying something you can make it out, okay? Okay, what's your middle name? See, Klali, what does that mean? Star. Okay, in the Aztec language. Wow. And who does who does know who does not know the definition of your name? And what is your name? Leilani, a Hawaiian flower, beautiful, beautiful. Isn't that something? You know, we should live up sometimes to our names, folks. You know, you know what is you, your 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 name? You said warrior, female warrior. Then you should live up to that name, right? You you war against the devil in prayer or anything, you know. And the lily, the flower that smells beautiful, then you smell good for the Lord. Right? I mean, you can always tie it back. Right? All right. All right. And so the Jordan, who knows what the Jordan, the definition of Jordan. What did you find? Did you find anything in Jordan? (laughs) He said, I wasn't wasn't paying attention. I was just looking at something else. (laughs) Well, Jordan, Jordan... Uh, folks, uh, means, um, let me let me look at some of my notes here, if I can find them. I didn't lose them here. I have quite a bit here. Yes, and I, I know some of these by heart, but I looked even more so. It's, it's difficult because, uh, you know, I wanted to find the definition of Jordan because God was giving me, I believe, a revelation when we went to Israel. How many have been to Israel? We've been to Israel twice, my wife and I. Uh, and uh, it's not that we wanted to go, just happened that God opened the doors and someone said, you can go to Israel, it's about 2001. And they, and they said, look, uh, it'll be only about $900 per person for about seven or eight days. And I said, wow, we jumped at it. But when, when we were in Israel, I looked at the Jordan because we went down to the Dead Sea. By the way, Lord, though, I, how many know that the Dead Sea is in the Scriptures? Do you know that the Dead Sea is not recorded in the Scriptures? There's no word Dead Sea in the Scriptures. You know, it's the Salt Sea. The Salt Sea. You can't find it as a Dead Sea. Now it's a English word that they gave it because they say everything dies, nothing lives. So they call it the Dead Sea, but really scripturally correct is the salt sea. Write it down. You're Bible school students here. <laughs> and so it's the salt sea. And when we went to the salt sea or the Dead Sea, well, if we call it the Dead Sea, no problem. You know, we can call it the Dead Sea too. But, but it's not, you, you know, you won't never find it in the scriptures. 
but and so we we were you know driving on the, on the west side going towards Masada to, on the Jordan River by the Jordan River toward the Dead Sea or the the Salt Sea and some things came to me I said Jordan Jordan what's the definition of Jordan and and then I also looked at the uh, Dead Sea or the Salt Sea and I didn't see anything in the Salt Sea you know it was just no uh, where are the boats and the Salt Sea. And I asked the uh, tour guy, where, where are the boats? Don't they have any boats? He said, no boats. Why not? Because it's too salty. In other words, it'll, it'll eat them right up. You don't have any boats in the Dead Sea or in the Salt Sea. You know, because they, they'll corrode right away. And then also, the, I said, wow, my man, that, that, that is something. And then I, I said, how about animal? He said, nothing lives, you know, the mouth, when it, when it, uh, it spills from the Jordan, it, it kind of, and, and, it, and it goes into the Dead Sea right there, only the fish, just some feet, or where the fresh water, they swim, but they don't come in because they die. If they go in, they'll totally, I mean, they, they just die. Even fish from the ocean, that's salty, you take them and put them in the salt sea or the Dead Sea, they only last a little bit, and then they die. And so... Uh, even animals around don't, or don't come close to the Dead Sea because there's no life and it's pretty dangerous, too salty, right? And so almost like nothing lives in the Dead Sea. And we talk about the Dead Sea when we, um, um, you know, think about the Dead Sea. We say, well, the Dead Sea, man, it's not worth for anything, for nothing because everything is dying, you know. Don't be like the Dead Sea. We tell people, don't be dead like the Dead Sea. But maybe we can look at it from a different perspective today because I think the Dead Sea, after I, we went there twice, I started looking. God started giving me a revelation. I said, wow, wow. And I'm going to share it with you. And I, I want to write a book about this. Uh, but it, it's, it, it seems like, you know, because the Dead Sea doesn't have an outlet. It's the, the lowest part on the earth, the surface of the Dead Sea. The surface of the Dead Sea. It's the deepest part upon the face of the earth, okay, upon the face. And then it's, it, it's got a depth of it, but I think the Mediterranean, there's other seas who got deeper depth, you know, but, but, that, but that's the, the deepest part, okay. And, uh, and so the, the, I just want to say, because it's a type of something, folks. God started giving me this, this uh, Dead Sea or this Salt Sea is a type of something. I started saying that. How many have started typology? You haven't given typology yet in the, in, the, in, in the classes. Well, typology is that Jesus Christ, remember the tabernacle, the, uh, uh, the curtains, you know, the, the, the stakes on the, and then the Ark of the Covenant. Almost everything is a type of Jesus Christ. You know, and Jesus Christ is the real covenant. So everything else is a replica. Even if they ever find the real covenant, it's a replica. Because it's a replica of what Moses made that he saw in heaven, right? Exactly. So there, that he would be a replica of that. But then that is even a replica of Jesus Christ. Because he is our heart. He's the mercy seed. He is all that. Isn't that something? Man, Jesus is all in and all. When I speak to you about the Jordan, uh, maybe a half an hour more, then you will you will see and it will solidify your faith and who and that you're amply justified on, in believing that Jesus Christ is who He said He was and He is. 
And the more you look at it, the more the, the firmer the rock begins to appear about Jesus Christ. And that's why no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You can't like, it's not like Joel Osteen says, I don't know. I can't say. Well, this is my thing. I say, I'm glad you said it's your thing. I believe. I'm glad you said you believe because that's not what the Bible says. I, I, I think, I believe, I, I feel. You can feel all you want. <laughs> and I think sometimes, well, some people like Joel Osteen, but I said, man, I preach the gospel, brother. Come on. Preach. <laughs> I heard your pastor also. I was watching you on TV and you mentioned something about that. <laughs> you know, because we need to preach the gospel. We need to tell the truth. So, It'll, be, it'll solidify your faith. It's going to tell you even more so to believe that you are, you are right in believing that Jesus Christ is the Savior. He's our Lord. He is not only the Son of God, but He's God the Son. And He became a Son, the Son, at a certain point. Today, you have become my Son. Today, when the Lord sent His firstborn into the world, so He gave Him titles of Son, but He wasn't the Son at the beginning. He was the Word. In the beginning, not was the Son, but in the beginning was the Word. And remember in Revelation, it says, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and it's fine. He said, the Word of God. Not the Son of God, but the Word of God. Because Son is a title that's been given to him so we could understand. You know, and a title given at a certain point in Hebrews chapter 1. Today I have become your father. Today you have become my son. A point in time to accomplish a task or a mission that God gave him. But he is the word, the very spoken word of God. Not only the rhema, but the logos as well, right? The logos, powerful. And Jesus Christ is all in and all. In, in Ephesians and in Colossians, that he fills the whole universe with his presence. And he holds all things together. So if, 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 if he didn't hold things together, you and I would just flow, fall apart. It's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that, he, that the Father has given him because... You know, do you believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's what we believe. Okay, we're, we're on the, we're, I was thinking, no, I, I said, no, but I think he used to go to the Assembly of God, right? You were in the Assembly of God. <laughs> so I was, I was born at first Assembly of God in Genosha. That's <laughs> where I was born again. I'm, we're not Assemblies. We're independent. But I was born again at an Assembly of God church. And they got sound doctrine, you know, and their way of beliefs, the doctrines. Church of God does too, you know, so praise God. There are certain churches that have very sound stuff, and that's very great. Um, and so uh, Jordan again. Jordan, I went back the second time, and I asked, what is the definition of Jordan? And I put, I look, dictionary, descender. It says descender. Some say descender. But then I said, does it mean descender? And the uh, Jewish guy said to, to me, well, sir, Jordan, you see, it's com- composed of two words, Jor and Dan, and Dan is D-A-N. It's Dan. It's Dan. The last part of that is Dan, the tribe of Dan. You know, the name of Dan, one of Jacob's sons. Dan. So it does mean descender because it comes, you know, 
It drops all the way from the Mount Hermon, the base of Mount Hermon, all the way to the, to the Salt Sea or the Dead Sea. Because it starts at the river of Dan, at the, at the base of Mount Hermon, which, how many remember reading in the eight, Judges 18, where the Danites were looking for a country of their own, and, and actually for land, because they had been allotted some land by Joshua, but they couldn't dislodge the Philistines. Remember uh, Samson? Remember Delilah? Remember the wife that he married at first? And, and, and they were close to the Philistines, but they could never pull them out of the land. They were too strong. They were determined to live in the land, and you're not going to push us out. And so what happened is that they couldn't dislodge the, the Philistines. The Philistines gave them a hard time all the time. They were having headaches. So they went up, up uh, north of Israel. They went up. They sent five men to spy the land. They found a city named Laish. Who was very the city was very prosperous. It didn't have association or friendship with anybody else. In other words, they were very far away from people, and they didn't have connection with anybody else. And so that's why they were taken. So be, be very careful, folks, when you don't have connection with anybody else. You understand? That's felt because that's why the the Danites went back. He said these these people are prosperous. They're unprotected. They went and they killed them all. They burned the city, and they built up another city. And they said no one came to help them because Sidon was too far away. It's about 18 miles away, and they had no fellowship with anybody. It's very important, right? <laughs> very important. And so they took it over. And so then they, the water that comes to the Jordan, it initiates, it, it really the snow that melts and the rainwaters that come from Mount Hermon and the north, way north of Israel, the northern part of Israel, and it comes out, and it's on the eastern or, or the southern west side, there's a, it's called the River of Dan, or Tel Dan. It's the river where the water comes, and it's the first source that gets to the Jordan River, and it probably supplies about 75% of its water in the initiation um, part of, well, well, as it comes down. There are other rivers, about four other rivers, and more than rivers that come tributaries as it passes the Galilee, the Hula River, and so forth, the Hula Lake, and then, and then, and then the Sea of Galilee, and then it continues through the Jordan about 200 miles all the way uh, zigzag until it gets to the, uh, uh, the Dead Sea or the Salt Sea. Well, he told me it means descender, but it's Dan also. And so I said, so, and Dan, you know what Dan means, folks? The definition of Dan means judge. Or he has judged. He, uh, the, and, and so it's descending, coming down from the judge. Or he that judges. Now, names have important things. When you read about the son of Jehoiakim or so, sometimes it's, when you preach, it's good to look at names because then you look at the definition. I will s- rescue or save the tents of Judah first, God says. How many have read that? I will s- save the tents of Judah first. What does that mean? I will save the tents of praise first. So the ones that praise me <laughs> are going to be rescued. So if you praise God, when you're praising, that's why God will always likes praise. So the names have meaning. Jesus Christ has a meaning. The Messiah, the anointed one. You know, Joshua, God's the, our salvation. So the names mean something. Even if you read them and you read the definition of them in the scriptures. 
So it means descending or coming down from the judge. Now let's read in Mark 1.9, as I said before. The whole Jordan countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, meaning John the Baptist, confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Matthew 3.6, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. In Matthew 3.13, then Jesus came from the Galilee, to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now, remember, keep in mind, folks, we want to talk a little bit about this. Why did Jesus need to be baptized, especially in the Jordan River? And by John. It has a meaning. But why would he have to be baptized by John? What was John's baptism about? Then why did Jesus repent of? <laughs> they were baptized because of their sins. Did you ever think about it? <laughs> I did. I like to think about stuff like that. You know, then give it, a, give it away to, so it would be beneficial to you because people would, might try to trap you. Muslim, I saw that you wrote, wrote a book about that, and I want to read that. And uh, I reached out to the Muslims, to the Islamic faith. But they'll try to say, well, Jesus was a sinner. I've even heard people say, some said, uh, recently that I took a look at, started looking at this, that I read an article that said one guy said Jesus was a sinner because he was baptized by John. And John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. But if they challenge you, would you be able to answer them why he was baptized? You know, uh, the, the meaning of, of the baptism. Remember the Bible says in Peter that you always be prepared to give an answer to, to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. It has to be with gentleness and respect. You keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander against you. So you have to do it with respect. But then you have to also know why you believe what you believe. Defend the faith, especially when you're ministering to people like this. Okay? As soon as Jesus came up from the, in, in John or Matthew 3.16, as soon as Jesus uh, was baptized, he went up uh, out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened, was open, and he saw the Spirit descending like a dove and lightning on him. Now I'm reading out of the NIV. How many do you normally do you use the NIV here too? Okay, I'm not going to be thrown out. Okay. Yeah. Are you are for, for the one that only Paul wrote, the King James? Okay. All right, that's what my pastor used to say. The one that Paul wrote. But he, he just laughed about it. Because <laughs> and then in Mark, uh, um, uh, in Matthew 3, 14, but John tried to deter him. In other words, when Jesus came, and let's read Mark 1, 9 again. At that time, Jesus came to Nazareth in Galilee and was, uh, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. But in, in, in verse 14 of, of Matthew 3, it says, But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. In verse 15 of Matthew 3, the next verse, Jesus replied, Let it be now, for, so now. It is proper for us to do this. It's proper. And then he says, To fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. Okay? To do all the things right. To, to, to make all things right before God. So if Jesus was baptized, then we should be baptized, right? Unless you, the only way you can go to heaven, and, and also, I mean, and if you don't have time to be baptized, naturally, but if you don't refuse to be baptized, and you don't want to baptize, well, can I make it, but I want to be right with God, well, then you have, we have to put you on the cross like a thief, okay? And then you can be nailed there, and then you die there, and, and then you can't get down, right? He wasn't baptized, Right? But, but remember, he was a special situation. <laughs> Some people, I don't have to. I'll be like the thief. Well, then we'll put you on the thief, like the thief on the cross. All right? So, uh, 
And Jesus replied, let it, let, let it be so for now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. In, in John 1.33, I, I would not have known him, John said, except the one who sent me to baptize with water. Who sent him to be baptized, to baptize with water? People said, well, he was with the Essenes in the wilderness. That's where the Qumran caves and the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, maybe they wrote it. You know, so there's different theories and, and different stories. It was John out there with him in the wilderness, uh, eating locusts and honey and so forth, and dressing camel skin and so forth. But nobody knows. It's kind of what just, you know, some people think it is. Some, some people that have studied history and all that. But, but again, that, that, uh, that, that here, when it says, uh, I would not have known who he was except the one who sent me. So obviously there was a voice from God or something that sent him, and God told him and through a supernatural revelation. The, one, the spirit of whom you see come and rest on him, he is the one that will baptize with the Holy Spirit. At another time, I didn't put the scripture here, uh, uh, John said, I did not know who he was. Remember, it, like, almost like this, I, I, did, I would not know except the one who sent me to be ba- to baptized. But, but I, I would not know, you know, who he was. But later on, he said, this is the Lamb of God, remember, who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All right? And then Jordan means descender, means judge. I'm getting there because I'm kind of, kind of preparing some things to, so you can get it in your mind. And then go through the Jordan and go down to the Salt Sea, all right? And what it means to us. And then what Haggai said as well, all right? So the, it means descending, coming down from the judge. When people went out to John the Baptist, and let, let's, let's say a prayer. Before. Father, we thank you. Quicken this tool, everything that we're seeing and hearing this, this morning. Quicken it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Uh, people said amen. This afternoon, this afternoon, right? I'm kind of always conscious when people say morning or afternoon. Sometimes they say, Good, this morning, and I said, it's afternoon. <laughs> and, and I just said it, this morning, and look, it's afternoon. All right? So descender coming down from the judge. The people went out from, the, from Jerusalem, from all Judea, and the whole region of the Jordan to be baptized by John. And the baptism of John, according to chapter 19 of Acts, it's when Paul went through the interior when Apollos went, you know, where I said, he went to the interior, and he found some disciples at Ephesus. And he said, what bap- have, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Remember? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Chapter 19 of, of Acts. And, and they said, no, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. He said, then what, bap- what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Then uh, uh, Paul said, John baptized with water. The John's, or John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told you to believe in the one that was to come after him. This is in Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, the power of the name of Jesus, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, right? All right, so what happened, even Paul says, it was a baptism of repentance. So the people are coming. They're being dipped in the Jordan River by John. They are being, and let me read something, folks, because uh, Nicandor, who was a physician and a poet, uh, who lived about 200 uh, years before Christ, said about this, about when dipping or baptizing, pushing something, uh, submersing something totally, submersing something under water. And, and he, he lived 200 years before Christ. He, he, the clearest example that shows that the meaning of bapto, baptizo, the, also bapto, which are two words used for dipping in the scriptures. 
I said, for the Greek poet, and this is Nicandor, his name is Nicandor. He lived 200 years before Christ. It is the recipe for pickles, and it's helpful because it uses both words, meaning bapto and baptizo. Nicandor says that in order to make pickle, or to make a pickle, the vegetable should first be dipped, bapto, into boiling water, and then baptized, baptizo, in the vinegar solution. Both verbs concern the immersing of vegetables in a solution. But the first is temporary. The second is the act of baptizing the vegetable, producing a permanent change. So it's temporary, you know, from John the Baptist. Same thing as people uh, received Jesus Christ. But when people are baptized, but the real reality, when your pores open, you know, you, you put something in heat and it opens the pores. Then you dip it in something else, and everything permeates it, and then it closes. Isn't that beautiful? So this is when we are also baptized, but when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's when it, it, it permeates us, and we become totally filled and permeated by him. just wanted to read that for you. But then, as they were being dipped in the river, Jesus Christ also went out to be baptized. They were baptized. Now, the Jordan River, folks, if you see the Jordan River, it comes down way up from Dan, and it comes down. And then it gets to the, the, the uh, Lake Hula, and then it, it's, it comes down the Jordan, and then it gets to the Sea of Galilee, and then it starts again toward the, the Dead Sea or the Salt Sea. Now, people that go to Israel normally are baptized right when it comes out of the Sea of Galilee and it goes down. There's a place there where people go and baptize, and it's cold. <laughs> it is extremely cold, the water. But as the people go down into the water and come out, it's a time as when their sins, if when they come out, you see the water going this way, slow, but it's going. So it's a type of people going down, when they come up, they're washed by their sin, from their sins, a type. And after Jesus Christ is a real thing. And their sins, it doesn't stay with them. When they come up, the water keeps on going, washes their sins away. You, you understand? It's washing. It's, the current is going down through gravity down to the lowest part. And then they go down to the Dead Sea or the Salt Sea where everything dies. You understand? Everything dies. Your sins that they're consumed by the salt and all the minerals to nothing. And then later on, the water evaporates, you know, evaporates. You know, it's like going up to God. God said, I have them. I will remember them no more. I have, you know, if they go anywhere, they go to me because Jesus carried our sins. Remember? Now, and I'll get to more about Jesus. Why? And if I forget, let me, why was Jesus then baptized? I'll tell you at the end, okay? Leave you in suspense. Then what it, it washes us away. Now we go down to, to, to the salt sea. Nothing lives at the salt sea. And no boats, no animals around, no birds land on the, on the salt sea. No life is in the dead sea, the salt sea. No life. And it has all kinds of minerals that come washed down from the mountains, the salt content. And it has uh, magnesium, magnesium, it has potassium, bitumen, calcium, all these minerals that are good for the body to heal, 
they've made a, a big business out of it by taking the mud. People go there, and I saw people putting mud all over their, their, their mud because they have psoriasis, and it heals their psoriasis. Now, it has the content of salt, about 85%, I think, of, of salt or 80. And, and uh, you can't sink when you lay back. You just float. So if you don't know how to swim, you all across the lake. But in Jesus Christ, you can't sink. Right? I started seeing, I never heard it taught that the Dead Sea was a type of Jesus Christ. Because they always, we look at always at a negative, from a negative perspective. It's dead. You don't want to be like the Dead Sea. Don't, doesn't produce anything. Doesn't have any outlets. But the word evaporates to God. So I see the salt sea as a type of Jesus Christ. I said, but how can you? I challenged some pastors, friends of mine that know the word. I said, I challenge you to find these things. And they said, it is there. And they went, it's not there. I said, that's right. Sometimes we just hear other people say stuff and we, we believe it. But the, it's in Jesus Christ, folks, you have healing of all sorts. Did you know that? He can heal anything in your life, just like the Dead Sea. Just like the Dead Sea. They, if the people can't sink, they float. Nothing lives in the Jordan River and nothing comes close that has life to the Jordan River except human beings. Except human beings. I think, wow, that is pretty, wow. No, nothing gets, we get into the salt sea and we swim. And then when you come out, you have oil. It's like someone just poured oil all over you. You go, Ugh. Oil all over you, so you've got to go under some showers and shower to get that oil off. Isn't God the oil? Isn't the Holy Spirit the oil? Right? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. So everything that you see in the salt, brother, you see through. And isn't Jesus Christ, it says he descended to the lowest regions of the earth. Remember? And he actually was considered to be nothing, to be lower. And yet he's the highest. Let, let me, the, the, uh, the, uh, salt, uh, the salt sea and the Jordan River, really, as it comes down because of the Jordan descending from the judge, that means that God is a judge, and when people were baptized in the Jordan River, they came up, God judged their sins, he, he put them away to the deepest part of the sea, or separated them as, deep, as far as the east is from the west, which there are no poles, no boundaries on the east and in the west. That's why, you know, you're, it's a never-ending thing. Okay, and then as they as they as they go, they they go in the in the uh, in in the salt sea. But the 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 Jordan also represents like the the death really death instead of life. I said, man, I thought the Jordan the Jordan it's actually death because of the death of your sins, the washing away of your sins, and it represents uh, also the cross. The, it's it's a natural river. But there's also a supernatural river, and I'm not going to have time, I can see that, to read the scriptures from Ezekiel. But Ezekiel chapter 47, if you see that, that the beginning of this chapter, it says, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Remember that? I mean, and, and so uh, the man brought me back for the entrance of the temple, and then I saw water coming down from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, the, the, for the, fa- the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple. South side. 
Now, if Jesus Christ is looking toward the east for something, because it represents, the temple represents Jesus Christ, the type of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. If he died and he was facing east and could have been, remember the piercing on the side, the water and the blood? He said, but only water is flowing toward the Arabah from the temple. If you read the story, you see it's coming down. He takes them around. This man, probably an angel, takes him around the north part because people who entered from the south in the temple, they couldn't go back the same way. They had to go out the north. The ones that came from the north had to go through the south. Only the prince could go out the same gate through the east. You read the whole story about Ezekiel there. But anyway, he brings him around, puts him on the entrance of the east gate, and then water is formed from the south. It's coming out like this down because the temple, you know, as you go up to the Holy of Holies, it went up. And Herod's temple is more than 44 four feet high. From the, the swords or the shell, really, the swords to the lowest part of the Gentiles up to the Holy of Holies, really high. So it's coming down but from the south side. And I thought, God, it's almost like when they pierced Jesus Christ on the side. I said, yeah, but where's the blood? The blood is in the salt sea when it becomes fresh, according to Ezekiel chapter 47. And there's fish of all kinds. And don't the fish have blood, folks? Right? Remember the bread? In the fish, and he's the bread of life, but he's also the blood. The fish had the blood. That's why they had the five fish, or the I mean, five fish was it five loaves and two fish, two fish. So you have the the bread and the blood. Later on, as the river comes from the temple, and it goes through. His, remember, he he measured about a thousand cubics, means fifteen hundred feet. He came and then led him to water knee, uh, ankle deep. Then another thousand. Knee deep and then waist deep. Then another thousand he measured, which is about 6,000 feet. And it was a river that was so vast to cross, so deep, it was, it, people could swim, but he says no one could cross it. I couldn't cross it. That's the vastness of the Word of God. The vastness of God. But it flowed through, toward the east, toward the Arab, from the temple. Now the other river, two rivers, the Jordan and the one that comes from the temple. Comes from the West, but it's, you know, it's flowing east, and the other one is flowing south, down. One is a river of life. One is a river of death. The Jordan is a river of death. The reason why? Because the sins die at the Jordan. You understand? They're, they're taken away. The, the river from the temple represents the, the, the life and, and then death. One represents the resurrection the Tunda Temple and the Jordan represents the cross. One is a natural river. One is a supernatural river. And then you have one that is, represents the law. You can see the law, the Jordan, and the one representing grace. You know, kind of the opposite. One, the high priest. The other one, the great high priest. Because that's where life comes from. One is the holy place. Probably the other one, the holy of holies. The, the new Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem. Sarah, maybe even Hagar. Remember Sarah and Hagar, the different types in, in the book of Galatians. The, the glory, the Chabad, probably in the Jordan, and the doxa coming, the greater glory through Jesus Christ in 2 Corinthians. How many of you read? It's a greater glory, more, the, even more glory through Jesus Christ. The, the doxa, the, folks, it's greater than the Chabad. You know, sometimes people are stuck in the Chabad. And if you read about the Second Corinthians chapter three and chapter three about the greater glory through Jesus Christ. And then one represents 
the Old Testament, the other one the New Testament. One spiritual and the other one is natural. And now, why was Jesus Christ baptized in, in, the, uh, in the Jordan? Seeing that he was sinless. The Bible declares that. But it was a, a baptism of repentance. To fulfill all righteousness, remember? Make everything right. To make, I believe it's to make us right in the sight of the Lord. Because, look at this, look at this. Um, in Haggai, chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest. He tells Haggai to ask the priest. What does the law say? say says? What does the law say? If a person carrying consecrated meat in the fold of his garment, and that fold touches some bread or stew or wine, oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? Let me ask you. If something is dirty or something is clean, Something is pure. You, your hands are pure, and you go to the bathroom. Didn't we say something that something was... Somebody mentioned something about that. Not, and, but let's say you go to the bathroom, and my wife sometimes comes out of the bathroom, and I'm like, man, well, don't stop there. Stop at McDonald's or stop you know, where they clean the bathroom. She doesn't want to go to just any bathroom. And then it was bad. And then the, the, I had to pull the seat down, and, it, you know, and then you get paper and put it down, and... You know, but even if you, you know, you touch something that is kind of defiled, do you wash your hands? It feels hideous and terrible. You know, I mean, you have to wash your hands. You're not going to go eat. It's, it's terrible. It's hideous, you know. So, but if you have something that, when you touch that toilet seat to bring it down, it was terrible. Did, did your, if your hands were so clean because you have to just wash them with beautiful soap and they smell good and everything, and, and then you touch that seat and you brought it down, did your hand make that seat clean? It's impossible, right? It's impossible for your hand because it was so clean to make that toilet seat clean. Now, but if you when you touch it, does that toilet dirty seat make your hand unclean? This is what he was asking the priest. Then Haggai said, a person who defiles himself by contact of a dead body, body, if he touches one of these things, does it make it defile? Yes, the priest answered. You answered correctly, right? You see the purity and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, what is in him. When he went down to the Jordan River and he came up, his purity and cleanliness went down and hit the Dead Sea and purified. In other words, the pure, it's impossible for the pure to make the impure pure. Only Jesus Christ can do that. We said it was impossible, right? It's impossible. But in this situation, Jesus Christ is pure and makes all the impure pure. That's the power in the Lord Jesus Christ. He descends, the river descends and comes down from the judge, judges all the sins, cleans everything going down. But then when Jesus Christ, he's almost like the source of the dam. When he went down, he, clear, he cleaned everything to make all of us clean. In the, again, the Dead Sea has all these chemicals, all these oils, all these things, and nothing can live and in, 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 in stay alive in the 
Dead Sea or the Salt Sea except us human beings. So I see that the Dead Sea is a type of Jesus Christ to the fullest, folks. To the fullest. And I think it's, it, I, I never had heard that. I had never seen that before. I never heard even t- taught. It's not I'm saying that I'm some kind of super uh, human that God gave me this, but God can give us revelations. And has said, has said that in the last days he would open when people went to and fro, remember, in the book of Daniel, then the knowledge would increase. And God is doing this. Why? Because so we can preach the gospel. Your pastor wrote a book about helping Muslims saying the reality is only in Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through him and by him. Do you agree with that? Did it strengthen your faith a little bit? You know, that's what I wanted to share with you. And, I, and then I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray. I don't know if Pastor asked me, if Pastor, if you'd like to take some time of prayer. I don't know how you do it, Pastor. If you, I only pray for them or you also and your wife would help me pray. I, you know, and so the, God has given, given me probably about five that I can see powerful revelations about the, restoring the tent of David. Even though you've read probably much about it, God has given me something similar to this in the tent of David. And maybe if your pastor wants one day to have me come back and share that with you, you know, to increase your knowledge in the ways of the Lord, you know, then, then that's fine. But, and I have a few others <laughs> that God has given me. And my wife says to other people, write a book about it. Write it, you know, so, you know, give it to the body. Give it to the body. And we definitely, and God is going to give you a lot of wisdom and revelation that you will be able to write.